Hola, buenos días. How's it going, everybody? I'm Paul Burge, and, uh, well, I'm an Englishman living right here in Madrid, and you found the When in Spain show. Coming up in this episode, love and romance en España. Yes, uh, today is el 14 de febrero, which is the 14th of February. And, uh, well, rather predictably, I suppose, uh, this episode is going to take loving look at um, Valentine's Day in Spain. So I'm going to look at what Spaniards get up to on Valentine's Day, on this special day for lovers. I'll be comparing it, I suppose, with Valentine's Day uh, back home in the UK, where I'm from. Not that I have a huge, vast amount of experience uh, of Valentine's Day particularly. But yeah, I'll be comparing uh, what people get up to, the kind of traditions involved with Valentine's Day here in Spain and uh, compared to back home in the UK or maybe in the uh, United States of America, other countries. What else will I be looking at in this episode? Well, I'll be asking the question, are Spanish people uh, romantic? Are Spaniards more romantic than, say, Brits or Americans? Where do they kind of compare on the scale of uh, being great lovers? Um, I've tried to do some research on this and it's there's no reliable data out there for this. Um, I mean, lots of people, I suppose lots of Brits, Northern Europeans might say that Spanish people have a kind of Rome, uh, reputation for being very passionate, very hot lovers. I don't know. Um, we'll talk about that later. So I'll be looking at that. What else? I'll be looking at some uh, regional traditions of Valentine's Day as well, which are quite interesting um, in Barcelona, Valencia, etc., compared to uh, here in Madrid. And then for a bit of fun, hopefully, towards the end of the episode, I'll be looking at some useful Spanish vocabulary regarding love and romance. So if you want to declare your love for someone, or if you're looking for some new uh, soppy pet names for your lover, uh, I'm going to run through a list of soppy pet names in Spanish and some other useful romantic vocabulary if you're looking for love, uh, if you're going out, as we say in English, out on the pool and you're trying to impress a Spanish girl or indeed a Spanish guy, we'll have a look at some vocabulary for that. So before we get on to all of that good stuff, uh, just a quick note to say that if you're new to When in Spain and you're asking yourself, what the cojones is uh, this all about? Who is this guy? Uh, well, When in Spain is really a show uh, that offers an insight into Spanish life, uh, offers advice for anyone who's thinking about coming to live and work in Spain. Uh, I'm based in Madrid, but uh, it's not just about Madrid. It's uh, the information uh, that I give is relevant for all of Spain. Uh, cultural insights, everyday observations. I try to look at the kind of things 
that I find fascinating, interesting, and also the things that I find annoying and frustrating uh, as well about living in Spain. So it's not like, oh, Spain is amazing. Spain is it. I love living here. It's a fantastic country. I love the culture. Uh, I love the people. But you know, like anywhere it comes with its uh, ups and downs and its frustrations and annoyances. So I'll be looking at that, uh, those kinds of things as well during the series. So if you've just found us, uh, When in Spain has been around for about seven months. So we're relatively new. Uh, we've got about 27 episodes in total. So if you're watching on the YouTube channel, When in Spain is actually very new to YouTube. Uh, however, uh, When in Spain has existed and continues to exist as a podcast series for quite a long time. And there are about 27 episodes uh, available um, as a podcast. The podcast will continue uh, alongside... Um, the YouTube videos as well. So essentially they're the same. There is a YouTube video version of When in Spain and then there is a podcast version of When in Spain as well. Bésame, bésame mucho, como si fuera esta noche la última Valentine's Day in Spain. It's very similar name. It's identical. They refer to it as uh, El Día de San Valentín. Uh, some people also refer to it as um, El Día de los Enamorados, the Day of Lovers, or the Day of People in Love, Enamorados. And um, I believe in South America they refer to it as El Día del Amor y Amistad. So uh, a bit more all-encompassing if you're single, because that means the day of love and friendship. So uh, not just for lovers, a bit more all-inclusive, makes single people feel a bit better, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, so what are the differences between uh, Valentine's Day here in Spain and Valentine's Day uh, back, for example, in the UK, in my experience? Uh, for the benefit of this episode, I'm going to be comparing really the experience back in the UK with, um, with here in Spain. Uh, well, the first thing that struck me, actually, is that um, people are not really big on sending uh, their lovers uh, Valentine's Day cards. Now, in the UK, this is a this is a really big deal. Not just for people um, who uh, are already together and uh, want to exchange cards as a sign of their love and affection and devotion, but it's also a way of expressing an interest uh, in someone who may not know. And it's quite a fun little game to play, especially I think when you're younger and you're a teenager. Uh, uh, you know slipping a, a Valentine's Day card, uh, I don't know, under someone's door or, I don't know, planting it somewhere where the person you like will discover it and then writing to, you know, something cheesy to my Valentine and then putting from question mark and it's all mysterious and, oh, who is this from? Um, here in Spain, they are not big card senders, actually, and that doesn't just go for Valentine's Day. That also goes for really any kind of occasion where you might send a card. I know in the UK... We are a nation of card senders still, even though, you know, in the face of um, the Internet and uh, electronic media, uh, Christmas, it's still pretty important for people to send Christmas cards to each other. Birthdays, definitely, especially among uh, family and cl uh, close friends. Birthday cards, Christmas cards um, and, yeah, Valentine's Day cards. Walking around Madrid in the last couple of days, um, one thing you'll notice in you'll notice in, in in Spain in general is there are not 
card shops. In the UK, there are various chains of card shops, the shops that only sell um, greetings cards of all different types. In Spain, they're super hard to find. You may find cards, very limited ranges in some kind of uh, stationary outlets, uh, in El Corte Inglés, the department store. Uh, yeah, you will find some cards, but not very many. And that's it. Um, it's, it's quite... Uh, difficult to find cards so that's one big difference like cards in the uk especially on valentine's day are um a really big deal um as any of you will know from who are listening from the uk and i think i also lived in the states for uh, a while as well and the same there you know sending and receiving of valentine's day cards is a big deal here in spain i really don't think it is um if anyone uh, has had a different experience of it then uh, then do let me know um but um not not a valentine's day uh, not not big into uh, sending valentine's day cards uh flowers and chocolates then uh the typical kind of soppy um slightly unimaginative i guess <laughs> uh, uh, romantic gestures uh yeah okay yeah chocolates and flowers certainly flowers um madrid for example is absolutely full of um flower stalls all year round but you will notice that around valentine's day uh particularly on valentine's day like today if i head out now there will be baskets and um, buckets of red roses everywhere um and not just in the regular flower vendors or f- uh florists or uh, those kinds of places but also you'll you'll suddenly see that uh, popping up all around the city on street corners are uh, little independent uh, red rose vendors um, selling red bunches of red roses or individual red roses so yeah and um, I think it's fairly common to see people walking around with bunches of flowers on Valentine's Day uh, because they're either about to uh, give them or they've just received them so flowers yes chocolates yeah, I guess so. I'm thinking about like uh, going into supermarkets and those kind of places. Yeah, I think people do give chocolates, but I'll come on to this point in a minute. Uh, in terms of uh, chocolates and gifts and presents, it's not as commercialised as back in the UK or indeed I don't think as the uh, United States in my opinion, in my experience, Spaniards are a little bit more restrained when uh, in those kinds of things. You know, when it comes to Christmas and birthdays even, um, the kind of really massively overstated grand gestures of really expensive gifts uh, and those kinds of things, they don't tend to go in for here, which I think is kind of a good thing, really. Um, last year, uh, I'm in a relationship with a uh, Ecuadorian Spani- Spaniard. Um, we've been together for uh, a few years. Last year, we're engaged now as well. So actually, Karina is my uh, fiance. Last year, she gave me, I bought her some flowers. A little bit predictable, I guess. Um, I bought her some flowers. And uh, Karina bought me this little guy. <laughs> um, for those of you listening, uh, it's it's a little plastic uh, gold cat with a little rocking arm. And I don't know, I've seen these in, you see these everywhere. In the, I think uh, it's a Chinese, comes from China. I'm not quite sure what it means. Um, I don't know if it's supposed to bring good luck. If anyone is listening or watching and knows the proper name for this and what it symbolizes, but I always really like them. You see them in the kind of Chinese grocery stores uh, around Spain, certainly in Madrid, in the windows above the counters. 
And so it's a little cat. They come in gold, silver, various sizes, and it always has one rocking arm. This guy's called Takeshi. And that was my present from Karina last year, which I absolutely love. Pride of place over there next to the TV. So I know, small jokey gifts, I guess. Okay, moving on. Uh, Going out for a meal. Yeah, Spaniards definitely go out for a meal on Valentine's Day, albeit, of course, much later than maybe back home. They might go out at like 10, 10 10.30. You'll quite often find, certainly here in Madrid, big cities, you'll have to make a reservation in advance in a lot of cases. Uh, But yeah, going out for a meal, of course, you know, um, quite common thing to do as it is back in the UK. Uh, Going away on holidays, getaways. Well, I don't know. Um, I've noticed this year looking on the internet and some adverts on the TV, um, they are pushing uh, Valentine's getaways, special offers, holidays, uh, well, weekend breaks. I think because this year Valentine's Day has fallen on a Thursday. So I think there's pushing people which is super common to do here in Spain is people take the Friday off or the day off around the weekend for some reason or other uh, and uh, make it a long weekend so this year Valentine's Day is on the Thursday so I think a lot of people will uh, maybe do a a little escape out out of the cities to uh, uh, maybe a hotel in the countryside then might zip across to the beach obviously depending where where you live Uh, so as I said earlier, um, I, I, in my opinion, like many, in, well, not just in my opinion, but I think definitely in my experience living here in in Spain, um, the back in the UK, <clears throat> uh, all of these kinds of uh, annual celebrations or things like Valentine's Day, Easter, Halloween, Christmas, <clears throat> excuse me, are much more commercialised back in the UK than in Spain. Uh, like I was saying earlier, if you walk into a Spanish supermarket, you there won't be many or any products uh, on display explicitly saying, uh, for Valentine's Day, uh, buy this big box of chocolates. Uh, you won't see flowers in supermarkets necessarily or in, in, in many other shops. You won't see uh, like a, a big stand with loads of Valentine's Day cards uh, on it. You won't see uh, cuddly toys and teddy bears being heavily promoted for Valentine's Day, uh, which is kind of good, I think, in a way. Uh, in, in the UK now, any of the big uh, department stores, uh, chains of shops and definitely the supermarkets really, really push uh, things like Valentine's Day to the maximum. And, you know, they will be building up to this probably about a week, if not more, uh, before Valentine's Day. If you walk into any of the big supermarkets in the UK, the second you walk in the door, uh, you will see baskets of uh, cheap roses. You will see big stands of uh, Valentine's Day cards. You will probably see cuddly toys. You will see a big display of all different uh, special boxes of chocolates in heart shapes. They'll also bring out other uh, chocolates and things like that that you can buy all year round but they really really ram it down your throat for want of a better expression um, super commercialized uh, you'll also see lots of uh, restaurants uh, in their windows promoting valentine's day really really heavily big banners special offers um, i've received a load of junk mail in the last uh, week or so from uh, i don't know from when i lived back in the uk from all sorts of places like restaurants stores shops all saying Valentine's Day special offers, Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day from a week ago. 
in Spain, it's just not the same. It's much more low key, as is Christmas, um, as is Halloween, as is uh, Easter. Uh, all of these kinds of things are not heavily, heavily promoted here like they are back home, which is just kind of nice. I mean, back home, I don't know. I always think of Valentine's Day. You walk in the supermarket and uh, they have this uh, dine-in for two. So if you don't want to spend too much money going out to a restaurant, they even have Valentine's Day meals uh, ready-made meals, which is kind of something else in Spain, which hasn't caught on yet. Ready, ready-made meals, where for twenty pounds you can get a first course, a main course, a dessert, a bottle of wine, and a box of chocolates, and you can have your own little uh, ready-made romantic meal at home. And it's kind of a good idea if you haven't got a lot of money to spend and you don't want you want to spend Valentine's Day, the intimacy of your own home. But that would just never happen in Spain. You wouldn't walk into a, a, a supermarket and find ready-made meals to take home and have with your loved one. You know, people would make it from scratch. So it is nowhere near as commercialised here in Spain. Thank God. So um, when I was researching this, I was uh, looking to see if there are any kind of events or anything interesting going on uh, around Madrid for uh, Valentine's Day. And I found a website which is called Un Top Ten de Planes Románticos que puedes prepararle a tu pareja para el gran día, for the big day. There's Top Ten, and they've curiously used uh, the English Un Top Ten. Uh, for uh, top ten romantic plans that you can uh, that you can do for your for your partner uh, for the big day, um, <laughs> it's really tacky. Uh, the first one I found was uh, is a shopping centre called H Two O, and uh, to celebrate Valentine's Day, uh, they are someone is making the biggest uh, the biggest wedding cake in Madrid. Oh, I mean, oh my God, who is going to go to that? Seriously, at six o'clock, uh, the biggest, the, the biggest wedding cake in Madrid, and uh, it says the most, uh, the most. Uh, El San, Bal- it says here that the advert says El San Valentín más empalagoso. Um, empalagoso means like sickly sweet, like really super super sweet. Um, so for your really sickly Valentine's Day with the biggest uh, uh, it actually says with the, the longest wedding cake in Madrid and they are going to prepare a 15 meter long wedding cake in the shopping centre and apparently it's going to weigh 100 kilos wow <laughs> random well, I'm not quite sure why you would uh, really, really on your Valentine's Day make an effort to go and see that uh, what else have we got here just just skipping through this top 10 list that I found um, none of it is particularly exciting but some of it is a little bit tacky and uh, I don't know um, this is quite cool I suppose uh, you could relive a scene from the movie from the film Greece. Uh, Madrid has got a big uh, drive-in outdoor cinema like a drive-in drive-in cinema They've got a special thing going on tonight. Uh, not quite sure. Uh, just having a look here. Uh, oh my God! So, <laughs> so they've been showing, and it started on the eighth. Uh, they've been showing uh, the Fifty Shades of Grey uh, trilogy. How romantic! 
So when I was researching this, another curious thing I stumbled across was, uh, and this is disputed, um, that there was a church in the centre of Madrid called uh, San Anton, uh, which claims to have some of the bones of St. Valentine um, inside the church. And I looked into this and uh, it's true. Uh, you can go into the San, Ant San Anton Church, which is in the uh, Chueca neighbourhood in the centre of Madrid. And they have uh, what are apparently the uh, remains of, or some of the remains of San Anton, of San, like, where they have some of the remains of uh, San St. Valentine, uh, there and people <clears throat> apparently go into the church and they tie little ribbons around these uh, this kind of shrine or these railings to make uh, a lover's wish how romantic uh, yeah um, I've never been in there I want I didn't have the time to to get down there and have a look myself um, but apparently yes um, they were deposited in the church um in in the late 1700s and uh, they they were apparently a present to uh, from the pope to king uh, king uh, carlos the uh, fourth um and they've been stored there ever since so they've been uh, well no, they've been on display in the church since um, 1984 um so you can go in there and see them and they're there on this big plush red uh, velvet cushion and um, there is a skull, bones um, and that kind of thing. It's a little bit looking at the photos I've seen and uh, a little bit macabre, really. Certainly not romantic. Um, but yeah, so there is some, I'd say, slightly tenuous connection there. Why? Because there are uh, lots of claims in various places around the world that also say that they have the remains or the real bones of St. Valentine. Um, uh, Ireland, Poland, uh, Prague and Malta all, all have this claim um, to having uh, St. Valentine's bones uh, as well. So... I don't know how, how how accurate that is, but still, um, there's a little, maybe tenuous link to for to Valentine's Day uh, to Spain and um, more specifically to uh, Madrid. Okay, so let's look at some of the slightly different Valentine's traditions uh, around Spain. Uh, as I said, most of Spain will celebrate the usual Valentine's Day on the 14th of February um, and do those kind of romantic things that, that that take place and have people do in lots of other countries around the world, certainly in the UK, America, etc., etc. Um, but interestingly, um, Spain is a very regional country and... For this reason, different regions really like to uh, keep hold of and not let go of their regional traditions. So um, uh, Catalonia in the uh, northeast of Spain, uh, Barcelona, this region, if your Spanish geography <laughs> isn't great, um, they have their kind of own version of Valentine's Day on the 23rd of April. And it's called uh, La Diada de San Jordi. 
San Jordi is uh, St. George, so it's like St. George's Day, and they celebrate it on the 23rd of April, so a little bit later in the year, and it also coincides with Catalonia's national, it's their national day, and I believe that uh, San Jordi is the patron saint of Catalonia. And and they have quite a nice tradition. It's quite specific. And what happens is uh, that lovers exchange, well, books and flowers. So, I mean, I suppose it's a little bit outdated now, but the guy uh, traditionally gave the girl um, a red rose. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in return, the girl would give the guy a book. Um, obviously now I think people, whoever, <laughs> whoever wants to give a book or a flower gives a book or a flower. But the idea is it's about exchanging flowers and books. And, uh, it also has a name El, uh, in Catalan is El Dia del Gibra, El Dia, El Dia del Gibra or El Dia de la Rosa, El Dia de la Rosa, the day of the rose or the day of the book. Um, so I think that's a really nice, uh, nice tradition actually and um, I've not been up in Barcelona or Catalonia uh, at this time of year but one of my good friends lives up there and he says yeah it's great you walk around the city and there are not just flower stalls set up everywhere but book stalls selling books so it's really nice you can walk around and Barcelona for example turns into a, like an open-air outdoor library uh, uh, for the days around April the 23rd and there is a saying apparently uh, a rose for love and a book forever. Yeah. Oh, how sweet. No, I think it's a nice gesture. And, you know, I love books. So I would love to receive books um, for, for Valentine's Day. <clears throat> hint, hint. If, uh, Karina, if you're listening or watching. Uh, where does the where does that tradition come from? Well, apparently, um, it's a mixture of different traditions from different areas. But the idea is Saint George, uh, San Jordi, is the story of George and the dragon. And uh, Saint George rescued a princess by slaying a dragon. And uh, after the dragon was slain, and where the dragon died, the blood pouring out of the dragon, where the blood. Uh, seeped into the ground uh, a rose bush suddenly sprung up so there's the connection uh with the roses uh, as well rose was born apparently a symbol of true and sincere love the other region where there's a slightly different tradition for uh, valentine's day is uh, just south of catalonia in the region of valencia and the city of valencia um, in valencia uh, they celebrate, well, I, they have their own version of uh, 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 something similar to Valentine's Day, which is celebrated on the 9th of October. And uh, it's called the Day of uh, El Día de, de Sant Dionis. Sant Dionis. And he's the patron saint, locally known as the patron saint of lovers. And their tradition uh, is, uh, well, offering to ladies... Uh, something called a, a, well, in Spanish they've translated it as mocadora, and in the local language in Valenciano it's called uh, the, mo I don't know how to say this, mocorra, mocaura, mocaura, I think it's called. Sorry, um, my Valencian is a little bit ropey. Uh, Mokora, as a sign of love and appreciation. What is it? Well, the gift consists of, um, I wouldn't like this, um, it's like a, a basket, a package of different figurines and veg uh, in the shape of 
in the form and colour of vegetables and fruits, uh, marzipan sweets, marzipan sweets, uh, wrapped up in silk, apparently, or wrapped up in a silk scarf. So, different. Let's get on to looking at are Spaniards better lovers? Are they more loving than other nationalities? Um, <laughs> I'm not going to spend a long time on this because, frankly, it's a little bit ridiculous. I tried to look online to see what other people's opinions were on this. And, you know, it's completely subjective, I think. Um, I tried to see if I could find any stats. There are ridiculously crappy, stupid websites uh, ranking nationalities by how good a lover they are, how romantic they are. And quite frankly, it's absolutely, it's bull, it's BS. It's not true. Um I don't know. All I can do is compare my experience with being in a relationship with a South American slash Spaniard and also uh, compare it with my previous experience of being in relationships with other nationalities and looking at my Spanish friends to see how they act with each other. And I would say I, in my experience, I wouldn't say necessarily that they are better lovers, that they are more, uh, that Spaniards are more romantic than a British person or an American. Um, I can't speak for other nationalities. You know, it's super subjective. Um, the only thing I would say is this, is that possibly, um, uh, Spaniards and certainly in my experience, South Americans, uh, probably maybe a bit more a bit uh, are more passionate uh in how they express themselves and that kind of translates across to uh to how uh, how they interact with uh, you as a lover so then maybe they're more passionate uh maybe more emotional uh and i think that really is what it boils down to and i think that's not just about love and romance i think that also in general um spaniards are more passionate and more emotional and more expressive in 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 not in in everything they do more than brits i more than more than british people i think certainly in my experience we're british we're a little bit more cold a bit more closed a bit more colder but you know that doesn't go for everyone. I wouldn't describe my myself like that. I would say I'm a very warm and open and quite an expressive person compared to other people I know. So I don't know. Hard to say. Um, in my experience, yes, uh, I, it would just boil down to to that. That uh, in my experience, I think Spaniards um, are more expressive, more passionate. And a bit more emotional when it comes to loving. Um, and that's no bad thing at all. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Uh, I don't know. On a day-to-day -day basis, I think maybe they are a bit more romantic in a sense that there's the small attention to details that maybe um, we wouldn't do in, in Britain. I don't know. Uh, there's this expression... There's this word in, in, in Spanish, uh, and it's, uh, detallista, detallista, and it is used to describe a person, and it means, uh, I can know how, how I could translate it, translate it. It's like a detailer. Someone, someone who pays a lot of attention to details, and, uh, and there's this expression someone might say, oh, que, uh, que detalle, or, oh, vaya detalle. Oh, what a detail. And what it means is like when someone takes the effort to make, uh, not some big grand, 
overblown gesture, but they might do something very small but very romantic. And it might even just be uh, leaving a little love note for someone on the kitchen table that they read when they get home. It might be uh, making something uh, from scratch, like going to the effort of making um, a cake to give to your loved one or preparing them a really nice meal um, when they don't expect it. Um, what they call details, little, little attention to details. And I think that's kind of true. Spaniards are uh, really good at doing those kind of things, possibly more than, than, than Brits. But again, it's a down, down to the person, I suppose. So I think it's, yeah, they might, they might make a, a really subtle, but really kind of uh, thoughtful is the word I'm looking for. A thoughtful gesture, you know, a thoughtful gesture, super simple, doesn't necessarily cost any money, um, but there's a lot of thought gone into it. So, yeah, I think that Spaniards are very good at, at doing that kind of thing. Whereas, you know, back home in the UK, might just say, uh, yeah, uh, fancy a pint, love, I've got you a pint in. Cheers, love. Um, no, I don't know. So to round off uh, the part you've probably all been waiting for, um, let's look at some uh, really quite interesting and quite funny uh, Spanish language vocabulary for, I know, these are what I would call terms of endearment, you know, so how you might refer, how you might refer to your loved one. And the first one I'm going to look at, and I've heard some of my Spanish friends use this uh, quite a bit, uh, fatty. <laughs> they call each other fatty, uh, as in fat, fatty. Um, and it's perfectly acceptable. It's not rude. No one's going to get offended if you call uh, your lover fatty in Spanish. Uh, it's gordi, gordi. So, uh, ay, hola gordi, ay mi gordi, que tal gordi, 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 gordi. And it comes from the Spanish word gordo or gorda, uh, which means fat. So, yeah, it's like fatty. So, hi fatty, love you fatty. <laughs> Quite funny. I quite like it. Um, uh, another really, really common expression to use in Spanish to talk about your your loved one, your lover, is uh, your or my, your half orange. Yeah, your half orange. So imagine you've got your orange, you cut it in half, you are one half of the orange and your lover is the other half of the orange. And it's the, uh, yeah, mi media naranja, mi media naranja, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's super common actually for someone to say, "I, tú eres mi media naranja." You are my, you are my half orange. You are the other half of of my orange, basically, um, which I think is quite, quite different. And oranges uh, are cultivated a lot in Spain and they're everywhere so it kind of makes sense I suppose uh the other one which I haven't heard so much and I didn't uh, I didn't actually know about this until I was just doing a bit of research for vocabulary um my little pigeon my little pigeon I've never heard this at all and if anyone who's Spanish is uh listening to this or anyone who's lives lives in Spain has heard this please leave a comment below and tell me if you've heard or used this um I've never heard it little pigeon um mi pichoncito mi pichoncito I've never heard it or pichoncita if it's uh, if it's a girl pichoncito pichoncita my little pigeon um I don't know if it's not particularly romantic to compare your lover to a kind of dirty city dwelling bird who's probably got half its foot missing <laughs> debatable um another one again which i haven't heard very often and and 
It's a little bit crude, maybe, if you're Anglo-Saxon, but, you know, Spaniards will just get straight in there with with uh, these kinds of words. Um, uh, well, it's like kind of referring to female genitalia. Um, uh, chochito. Um, chochito, which means like little female genita- genitalia. So it's like little vagina. Um Chocho is like a slang word. Chocho is a slang word for vagina. Uh, Michochito um, apparently is a term of endearment. Um, I'm going to say I've never heard it, and I'm going to say caution with using that. Maybe I'm going to check with a with a Spaniard to see if that's true or not. Maybe don't say it in front of uh, you know uh, the, your lover's par- parents or their family. Uh, maybe use that one sparingly or check first if it's not. According to the research I've done, it's uh, it's concerned it's considered a term of endearment, not offensive to call your lover uh, chochito. Um, uh, what else have we got? Uh, yeah, now uh, this one, not really to you. Don't use it with directly with your, with your, with your lover, with your partner. Um, uh, la parienta, mi parienta, mi parienta, mi parienta. It's a bit like saying the missus, or we might say in the UK, erin doors. Uh, the missus. Yeah, it's not good. Um, you obviously wouldn't say that in front of your partner or to your partner or lover. And you probably shouldn't say it at all, really. It's not very nice. Um, the missus. But la parienta um, is the equivalent, in case you were wondering, uh, of how uh, some a, a guy might refer to their, their wife. Uh, now to the really uh, kind of common ones. Uh, this one you hear a lot. My soul. Eres mi alma, mi alma. Uh, alma is soul, and people often refer to their loved one as la, uh, mi alma. Mi alma, mi alma. Eres mi alma. Ay, mi alma. Te amo, mi alma. Whatever. Okay. Uh, my soul. I've heard a little bit. I don't think it's as common um, uh, to call your lover my little insect or my bug. And I suppose in English, I don't know if anyone ever uses it, but is there an expression like my love bug or something like that? I guess that this would translate to that. So um, it is uh, mi bichito, mi bichito, um, mi, or mi bicho, bicho or bichito, my bug or bichito, my little bug, mi bichito. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, super common, mi amor. Mi amor, my love. Really common. Ay, mi amor. And you could also say mi cariño, mi cariño um, as well. Cariño is like kind of, well, it's like, it's, it's, it means love as well, I suppose. It's like affection. Um, if someone is cariñoso, they're like loving or they're affectionate. But yeah, mi amor and uh, mi, um, you wouldn't say mi cariño, sorry, you'd say cariño, like, uh, darling, uh, darling, uh, cariño, can you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's a bit like darling, I suppose. Um, another really common one is mi cielo, mi cielo, my sky. Uh, eres mi cielo, or ay, gracias, cielo, or something like that. Um, it means my sky. Um, but also in Spanish, also in Spanish, uh, cielo means um, heaven. So I'm not quite sure how that is meant to be translated, whether when you call someone mi cielo, uh, whether you're calling them my sky or whether you're calling them <clears throat> my heaven. I'm not sure. Hmm. 
The next one I'm going to give you is uh, Mi Corazón, Mi Corazón, My Heart. Corazón is heart, El Corazón, and uh, You Are My Heart. Uh, that's really common. I've, he I've heard that a lot. And uh, um, amongst lovers. And sometimes, you know, like uh, when you go into a shop, and uh or in my case that they're near close to our work there is a um a sandwich shop like a bakery and every time i go in there um the lady behind the counter who's probably in her I don't know, 50s maybe 60s always says hola mi corazón hola mi corazón hello my heart hello my heart so it's like i people use it affectionately um not only with their loved ones but with with anyone maybe as well uh, and i and i love it it's, it makes me it always makes me smile so hello my heart uh what else and the other classic as well mi reina my queen and if it's a guy mi rey Eres mi rey. Hola, mi rey. Hola, mi reina. Uh, my king or my queen. It kind of makes sense, I suppose. How would you say uh, that I love you? Um, you would say there are two ways uh, to say it in Spanish, actually. And there's slightly different levels. Uh, so uh, I suppose the most common way to say it um, is te quiero. Te quiero, te quiero mucho. Uh, I think everyone knows that. Super common. And you can use te quiero with your family. Uh, you can say it to really close friends. Like, uh, I really, really love you, mate. And, you know, you could say it to your family. Um, and te quiero, you would use um, maybe at the beginning of a relationship when you're not, you know, in the... <clears throat> In a honeymoon period, no, in the beginning, in the, maybe the first few months, and you want to sort of tell the person that you love them, um, uh, and you would say, te quiero, te quiero. Um, and the literal translation of that is quite strange, really. It's quite curious. It actually means, I want you. Te quiero, I want you. Uh, so that's level number one of I love you. Level number two of I love you is te amo, te amo, from the verb amar, which it literally does mean to love. Um, this is a bit stronger. You would uh, you would not say this to your uh, mum, dad, brothers, sisters. Uh, it, this is only really for romantic love, only for romantic love, and it's it's considered much much stronger. Yeah, uh, te amo, um, and you would you'd use it with your, your with your lover, but when you are really into the relationship, you're very committed. Um, and uh, you've been together a long time. It's like deep romantic love. So, so that's that's how you say I love you. What about falling in love? Um, you can't translate it directly in Spanish, and, and I actually prefer the English for uh, expression because to fall in love, it's like it's beyond your control. It's sort of like you can't help it. It's something that just happens to you. You've been hit by the arrow of Cupid. Uh, incidentally, the arrow is a uh, una 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 flecha is uh, una flecha um, but there's an expression uh, in Spanish which is quite nice which is this like, love at first sight and it's uh, flechazo which means a big arrow flechazo boom but I, I prefer the expression in English to fall in love for me it makes more sense it's something that is sort of uh, up beyond your control it's like whoa fallen in love but in Spanish it's enamorarse a reflexive verb enamorarse um to fall in love with someone. Uh, so, example, if you wanted to say, I uh, I am in love with you, you would say, me, me estoy enamorado 
de ti. Me estoy enamorado de ti. Uh, I'm in love of you, really, is, is how they would say it in, um, in Spanish. I'm falling in love with you. Uh, uh, me estoy enamorando de ti. I'm falling in love with you. Um, yeah. And finally, if you wanted to like take it down a notch and you maybe uh, are kind of trying to flirt with someone or trying to express that you're interested in someone, you might just say something like uh, me gustas, you know, I like you or me gustas mucho or something like that. Uh, you might say a bit more colloquially, I don't know, tú me, tú me molas, me molas, like I think you're great, you know, I think you're really cool. I think I really like you. I'm great. Um, yeah, that's really, that's really common to say. Uh, in, yeah, and, and, and the language works pretty much the same. And after that, do you want to go out? Do you want to have a drink? You know, how you would normally say it in Spanish. I'm not going to go through all of that vocabulary. Uh, boyfriend and girlfriend in Spain are commonly referred to as uh, novio and novia. Novio is the guy. Uh, novia is the girl and quite often uh, the term pareja is used so pareja is a couple but individually you might refer to uh, mi pareja my partner uh, as well so it's a couple the word is the same uh, una pareja is a couple pero mi pareja is my partner estamos vacilando it's like we're just fooling about we're just messing around it's nothing serious um, another one I've heard is ten, tenemos, tenemos un cuento Tenemos un cuento. It's like, we've got a history or we've got a story. So we're like, we are kind, we're not together, but there's some, there's something between us or there has been something between us. Um, you know, it might translate as we're seeing each other, something like that. Um, I think that's the only kind of really expressions I've heard of before. Another one, <laughs> um, uh, pardon my language, but, you know, that people use, people say, um, is uh, fue amigos, fue amigos, um, which in English is like fuck buddies, you know, so people who don't want anything serious, but they like each other and they just have sex with each other. Not that I had to give a definition for that, sorry. So I will shut up now and stop boring you. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening. And uh, one other quick point I must make. Um, this is supposed to be a weekly show. And to my regular listeners, I'm really sorry that I haven't uh, 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 yeah, disappeared off the radar for the last about four or five weeks. Um, I had the flu. La gripe for two weeks was really super ill, um, just about recovered now. Uh, work has been busy and uh, I was backwards and forwards uh, doing a bit of traveling as well. So I'm sorry I, I neglected the channel for a bit, but I'm back and in this will be a weekly uh, podcast and YouTube uh, series. I'm going to try and keep the publishing day to a fixed day. I still haven't decided yet, but I think it's going to be Mondays. Previously, I used to always try and publish on a Wednesday, but uh, stay with me. You know, if you're keeping an eye out for new episodes, there will be a new episode uh, every week. I've already got next week's episode uh, uh, planned, and next week's episode is going to be me talking about uh, culture shocks for me. Living in Spain, I've been in Spain for a couple of years now, and uh, well, in total, about five years actually. Um, but uh, I'm going to be looking at culture shocks, culture shocks that I can't, still can't get my head around, culture shocks that I still uh, can't shake off. So I'll be looking at ten top ten culture shocks that, for me, I still kind of uh, I, I I I find difficult. 
and struggle with or that I still think every time, wow, this is amazing. That is uh, great. That's fantastic. I can't believe uh, that these this thing these things happen in Spain still or whatever. So it's positive and it's a little bit critical as well. Um, so yeah, next episode, my top 10 culture shocks in Spain that I um, still surprise me. Uh, lots of other episodes lined up as well and more episodes getting out and about out of here and out there into the street and into Madrid and into Spain as well. So until the next time. Cheers and gracias. Adios. Adios.